As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, readers. Today on Book Chat, we are starting a brand new series. And today we are discussing the first book in that fantasy series, An Ember in the Ashes. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by the Shelf Addiction Merch Store. Check out all the bookish t-shirts, notebooks, mugs, and more. Don't miss out on these original designs, perfect for any book nerd. Support the podcast and visit shelfaddiction.com forward slash merch and pick up your next favorite bookish item. Hey everyone, I'm your host Tamara Ford and welcome to Book Chat here on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Participate in this book discussion by joining the Facebook group Shelf Addiction Official. Talk about the series with us there as well as other bookish topics. I hope to hear your thoughts on this book discussion. As always, you can find the three of us on Twitter and Instagram. The links for everything are below in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please support this podcast by sharing it with some book nerd friends or on your favorite social media space. That would really help me out and I appreciate you for doing so. The uncut video version of this podcast is available now on Patreon. Join us there for exclusive videos, including this podcast after show. We get even more candid with what we have to say. So if you're interested in that at all, you'll need to come on over to Patreon and sign up. Before we get started, I have to issue a spoiler warning. This is a roundtable book discussion, so nothing is off limits. You've been warned. Welcome back to another fantasy series read-along discussion. And today we are talking about the first book in our brand new read-along, An Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir. Joining me are my read-along co-hosts, Casey and Nicola. Welcome back, ladies. Oh, hello, everybody. So we're going to start off as we always do with the book stats and the synopsis. Uh, Casey, why don't you hit us up with the stats first? All right. So this is book one in an Ember and Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. It is 446 pages long, published by Razorbill Penguin in February 2016. And the audiobook is 15 hours, 22 minutes long, narrated by Fiona Hardington and Steve West. 
Okay, cool. Nicola, you would? Yeah, so Laia is a slave. Elias is a soldier. Neither is free. Under the martial empire, defiance is met with death. Those who do not vow their blood and bodies to the emperor risk the execution of their loved ones and the destruction of all they hold dear. In this brutal world, it is in this brutal world, inspired by ancient Rome, that Laia lives with her grandparents and older brother. The family ekes out an existence in the empire's impoverished back streets. They do not challenge the empire. They have seen what happens to those who do. But when Laia's brother is arrested for treason, Laia is forced to make a decision. In exchange for help from rebels who promise to rescue her brother, she will risk her life to spy for them from within the empire's greatest military academy. There, Laia meets Elias, the school's finest soldier, and secretly, it's most unwilling. Elias wants only to be free of the tyranny he's been trained to enforce. He and Laia will soon realize that their destinies are intertwined and their, that their choices will change the fate of the empire itself. I, I object to the word soon, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that objection. I understand it. <laughs> to the very end of the book (laughs) yeah Yeah. so high level do you guys like it you enjoy it i loved it okay (laughs) um i liked it all right um it was a little slow for me okay i really enjoyed it uh i think the beginning kicked it off with kind of a bang and it got mm-hmm. it pulled me in. And then I think there were a couple of areas that could have been tightened up a little bit to keep the pacing up. But overall, I liked it. I was getting all those dystopia YA vibes. Like it was bringing mm-hmm. back a little bit of the Hunger Games, bringing back even a little bit of Divergent, like those similar tropes, you know, with the whole fighting and the someone must win <laughs> kind of thing. I was loving it. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of the good old days when I read a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's been a while since I read something like this. So Yeah, me too. All right, let's dive in, y'all. We got a lot to talk about, I'm sure, with this huge, well, over 400 pages and what, um, <laughs> over 15 hours. What was the help? What was the, yeah. 15 hours and 22 minutes. Yes, 15 hours of audiobook listening. And I did listen to most of this on my drive back from Atlanta, which was. Ooh, damn. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was keeping me very entertained. Um and that's another thing that I like about audiobooks. Like I was able to do two things at once and the book was so good. The narrators were so good. I did not zone out at all. I never had to rewind and say, wait, what just happened? What did they say? <laughs> <laughs> so that's always a good thing. It kept me like engaged. So I was there for the audiobook. It saved, it saved uh, the drive. It made it a little bit more fun. So well, that's good. Yeah. Good stuff. I feel like the narrator is a name that I've heard before on the podcast. Um, Fiona something. But you know what? I think so. Partington? I feel like I feel like maybe we've read something else that she's narrated. I'm just gonna look right quick. I'm not a big audiobook person, <laughs> so you know, even though I listen to a bunch of audiobook, I never books, I never really um like retain a lot of the narrators, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> like their names like I mean the popular ones but if it's not someone that's like ultra popular I'll be like I feel like I've heard them before but I can't remember where it's like one of those kind of things mm-hmm. 
Fair enough. Um, like staring yeah. at an actor's face and going, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> what have I watched you in? Right, right. No, it's not her. When I clicked on her name, her stuff hasn't popped up for me. Well, stuff that I recognize hasn't popped up. So, yeah, when it yeah, comes to actors and stuff, I'm uh, I'm such an old, you guys. I only recognize people that were popular in the 80s and 90s, you know, like mm. George Clooney, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Val, Val okay. Kilmer, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> now, Steve West, I have read, listened to some other stuff with him. I listened to the um, Gemina and Aurora Rising those uh, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff books uh, where they have the huge cast of people. Uh, it's really good. Um, so I've heard him before, but I haven't heard Fiona. Um, yeah. I haven't heard her before. So Fiona, but they were good. I enjoyed it. Um, so let's dive into these characters, man. Okay. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Laya. Did you guys like her? Like. I did. You did? Yes. Let's and talk so- about it. For the first, I don't know, like three pages, you know, the very beginning when she's in bed looking at her brother, she felt very young to me. Like I immediately pictured her as like 12, maybe 14. And then, you know, as they're starting to run away, she says she's 17. And I had to go, oh, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was like my first impression. So I had to get over that hump. But I thought she had a very beautiful character arc that was accurate. You know, she started off scared and she kept thinking she was scared, but she pushed herself a little bit more. And, you know, she actually had the physical fear and the ghouls manifesting in front of her and she would run away and hide from them. But then she slowly started fighting them off and yelling at them. Mm-hmm. So other than like thinking she was 12 for three pages. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I didn't like overall about the book is, and I think this is a first book syndrome kind of, so it's part of the setup for the whole rest of the series, but I I felt like we spent most of the book feeling like both Laia and Elias were just such victims of everything around them. Now, granted Laia did like stand up to everything. She met every challenge and she struggled to meet every challenge, but it just felt like, the whole time things were just happening to them. And um, that I, I really loved the ending, um, but I, mm-hmm. I struggled with the, the, a lot of the book. So. Oh okay. no. <laughs> oh yeah. That's not so a I'm going to be on brand. I'm going to be on brand for my YA. You know, there's just a lot of angst. There's, there's the a lot love of triangle. Well, kind of a triangle. There's oh, that's not a triangle to me. Not really. Kind of a triangle. Well, no, it's, it's okay. only a triangle if the center, if the main person feel has feelings for both in the same can't, can't way. Decide. Like I'm in love with two people. Okay. He wasn't in love okay. with two people. Okay. She wanted so. to love Keenan. And she was trying to force herself to do it. And he started kissing her. And she's like, no, I'm thinking about Elias. This isn't working. <laughs> but even from Elias's point of view, it could have been talked about him having a triangle too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although he didn't, not really. Like, because Helena's his like best friend. And I think he's attracted to her because like, he's a boy. And he like, think hey, about she looks it. good. Yeah. But he doesn't think about her like that. Not how he started thinking about Elias. So even that possible triangle wasn't really a triangle to me he just needed to sort out he's just friends with her um mm-hmm. all right 
right. But as far as Lia is concerned, I I didn't have any big issues with her at first, but I feel like I was kind of annoyed by her sometimes. And when it stacked up, when I stacked up next to each other, Lia's story versus Elias' story, there were times where I just wanted to stay with with Elias' point of view, his things. And I care cared a lot less about um you know Lia's point of view like I mean it's like her stuff was interesting but not as interesting as Elias to me so I felt like you know she was kind of almost could have been a secondary character (laughs) and I hate to say it but I felt his was a lot more interesting and a lot more see like the trials and all the combat and stuff yeah um his was more in your face violence actiony kind of stuff yeah, her, and I guess I, I don't mind home. that. <laughs> but her stuff was kind of violent too. I mean, the commander is like not a joke. This bitch going around like mutilating people and doing mm-hmm. so. She had a, her stuff was no joke too. Her her trials were not easy. But can I can I, I make guess a I just enjoy. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, this is a little early. I think that Cook is the lioness. That too, but I wonder if it's her sister instead. Liz, maybe, oh. maybe. I don't know about the ages. I don't know how old uh Cook is because you know she has the scarred face and they put mm-hmm. the coals down her throat, so that could make her look much older. True. Um, Liz, was- well, she's old enough to have like a 17 year old or a I don't know 15 year old daughter. Izzy, Izzy's not her daughter. No, that's not her daughter. I thought it was. No, no, no they are not no. related. Izzy just showed up when she was like six and Cook started taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Cook's been there like 10 plus years. So, I mean, the timeline would fit if it was either the lioness or Liz. Okay. But because um, the commander, she had the frame of the lioness and she bragged about killing her. Mm-hmm. I think, I think... Maya's mom is actually dead, but maybe her sister, because her sister was 12 at the time. Did she brag about killing them all or taking them all? She said I killed the lioness. Okay. Or I I think I'm pretty sure she said I killed. Let me pull up my app. So you're thinking, Nicola, that she's not dead and that it's Cook instead of her? I think Cook I I, when I was reading it, it was especially when Cook was telling the story about the um the gin. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Cook was the lioness. I think Liz is a good possibility too. Now that you, I didn't think of that, but now that you raise it, Casey, I think that's also. No, possible. I was having that same thought when she was telling the story, and Lia was even like, "Who are you? Nobody would know this. Everybody who's there is dead." Right. Liz might not be dead. Right, and all, and, and just how bitter she was about the lioness. Hmm. Yeah, that was very personal. So I, I think it's Liz. Hmm. Um, I brought down the lioness herself, is what the commander said. Aha. So she brought didn't down. say killed. She said brought down. So it could be her, but I'm going to stick with my Liz prediction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't come um, up for you, camera. I mean, I feel like obviously Cook was in the mix of that. And, you know, she was really mm-hmm. a believer. 
and yeah. trying to do the thing until she got after over and you know she's very bitter about it and i don't blame her because in the end you know laya got screwed too so it's like mm-hmm. that was important for her to tell that story but i'm not sure i necessarily think she's the lioness i don't know who has blue eyes because cook has blue eyes and did any of her siblings have blue eyes or her parents I had to go back and look. Uh, I want to say her brother did. Mm. Um. But the <laughs> lioness is her mother, right? <laughs> so wait, Laya's mother is who she's referring to when she says yes. lioness. Yes. Yes. So she would recognize her own mother. She wasn't an infant when she left. She was four, no, so and Cook's face is ruined. Cook's face is ruined, and they also shoved hot coals down her throat, so her voice is ruined too. It's that hoarse, raspy, can't say anything, can't do it, or can't really. She doesn't sound normal. I'm still. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say no. I'm still gonna say no because okay. I feel like we'll, if we shall see, yeah. But I do feel like if that were the case, they'd have to make a case for coming back to that school eventually, um, because they were they left, right? They left, and well, Cook might escape by herself. It's book one. There's four books. Also, but if she told her her story, if that were her mother, she would tell her. Oh, I don't think yes, she so. would, what especially if she's after totally broken. Yes, she would. I think any mother would tell her, especially after the fact when she knew she couldn't talk her out of going with the rebels. She couldn't talk her out of saving the brother. She was going to do it. She came up with the plan. She was going to execute it no matter what. She had mm-hmm. nothing to lose at that point. It was like hell or high water. You're not protecting her anymore at this point. So what is the motivation to keep the secret? The shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> to keep, so, so to keep the enemy from using Cook as an emotional hostage against Laia. Mm-hmm. That's why she wouldn't have told her. Like if, She's if already plan, an emotional if, hostage toward her. She develops these strong relationships with her and um, well, we'll see who's right, won't but, we, Tamara? <laughs> we will, we will. I mean, but you know, it seems like she connects so easy to everybody, right? She wants to save everyone that she meets. Like, like all of our heroines. Oh, yeah. You know, she, she's like, them. she helped me. I must save her. I will give her my passage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I will. And it's like, you've known her, like, as long as you've been there. I love so, the plan, I mean, uh, you know, to, to yeah. quote it. Speaking of being an old, to quote an old TV show, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, I love the ending. I, I really liked, and I was kind of like, where was this through this whole book? Where was this? I wanted, I wanted, uh, like, that's what I wanted. So I'm hoping we'll see more of it in the future books. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, so what, what specifically are you talking about from the ending that you want? Um, the, the non-passiveness, like, okay, let's, let's make something happen instead of just trying to defe- deflect whatever's happening to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So question to that point, you said the beginning was really slow. How did you feel about Lila or Lila immediately going to find the resistance, you know, after her family was killed? Do you think that was passive or do you think that was her actively trying to do something? No, that was good. I mean, I I didn't hate the whole thing. Don't don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. She was really, she was trying through the whole thing, but I just feel like, um, um, I don't know. Um, She wouldn't have done that if, you know, soldiers hadn't come and whacked her family. Right. And um, she was, pretty happy with being sort of squirreled away in this po- pocket on the back streets. And um, if it hadn't been for her brother, she would have spent her whole life doing that or, or up, up until the, the masks came for some other pretext. Right. So I don't I mean, know. to be fair, I would want to stay there and be yes. at East yeah. and yes. make jams my yes. whole life. Yes. I would not want to join the resistance and go be a spy and, yeah, no. <laughs> What's the line about adventures being great stories that happen to other people or something like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people would need some type of catalyst to force them to go do something like that, sure. right? Sure. Like I say, I didn't I didn't start off, I didn't hate it, and I didn't start off hating it. I just felt like it was a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a little bit whiny in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I did think she was 12 for three pages instead of 17. You know, she was kind of slow on things, though. Like, um, it took took her a minute to kind of catch on to quite a few things. Like, when Elias, mm-hmm. like, tried to help her, she's like, oh, what's he going to do? Oh, wait, he's trying to help me. And that happened, like, a couple times. Like, when he's like, oh, you're my prize. I don't, oh, what's he going to do? Oh, my God. oh, wait, he's not doing anything. It's fine. <laughs> I just, I mean, I feel like she was always waiting for the shoe to drop and that kind of got a little bit a little teeny annoying especially when it was clear it's clear he likes you it's clear he's helping you he helped you sneak out you know well sneak back in he he clearly could have given you over at any time i mean he's making these extreme chances he's taking big chances for you and then you still think he's gonna Mm -hmm. hurt you i don't think so like come on come on girl it's that PTSD, I, that anxiety, fear. Like Marcus tried to rape her multiple times. You know, everybody's always beating on her. She wants to trust Elias, but it's so hard because every time she turns around, somebody's got their hands around her throat or they're carving her up. So I felt like that was more realistic than annoying. But you know, it, then yeah. that flies in the face of what they say about her. Like they pointed out to her. Why don't you walk like a slave? You look like you're too, you know, like you're too much. Yeah, I <laughs> like think she that was still at the has beginning. some, you know. <laughs> well, I no, felt like even, she, 
yeah. Even when she left, the first time she left to try to sneak out to, you know, mm-hmm. meet the resistance, mm-hmm. he even called her out. And she had been attacked at least once by then, at least, maybe twice. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, she wasn't beaten down yet. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't mind that. I don't think she should have been beaten down. It would have made everything she was doing even harder. I don't see her as beaten down. I see there's that fear of like, oh, fuck, it's the other shoe dropping. I have to fight now. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm going to cower in the corner. It's, you know, she thought she was being interrogated when they left her in his room. And so she jumped up fighting, not realizing it was him. And then she was like, oh, shit, I'm locked in your bedroom with you. There's usually only one reason people get locked in a bedroom together. <laughs> like, And that's what and that was the reason, right? That was, that the, was the reason. I mean, nominally, I think Kane had <laughs> ulterior motives. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I. I took it more as like a a comment on his ability to act, right? He uh, to be an actor, to to put on that cruel face and to um you know blend in with his um the expectations of the upperclassmen and that 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 was very compelling to her or that was that she you know couldn't see through that facade. Um, yeah. Of, I don't know. And, and that's I think how he, he survived. He did a good job. Yeah, yeah, he survived. Like, no one had a clue that he was ready to defect. He was ready to jump ship and get out of there. And people had he, clues. Well, I think Helena had a had an inkling, Helena, but she Helena pushed Helena it away. Knew. Right? She, she pushed knew. it away. No, she um, knew. Right? That was that whole thing at the beginning about, like, she knew his secret. She wanted him to tell her. And mm-hmm. she was had feelings for him and he knew that she had a secret but he didn't know what it was and she wouldn't tell him that i mean that was kind of the the big arc in the first i don't know when when you first meet helene that's what's going Mm -hmm. on between the two of them i guess i don't know i feel like she had an idea but i don't think she absolutely knew until he admitted it because she is a rule follower through and through and Mm -hmm. that about her so no matter how much he trusts her he can't really trust her because she's a rule follower and she mm-hmm. believed what they were telling her. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I also think there's probably a little part of her that said, or was telling herself, you know, he wouldn't leave without me. Like I'm in love with him, but he's my best friend. And you know, he has, he cares about me. He just wouldn't leave without telling you, he wouldn't leave me behind. And so I think she was trying to fight that emotion too. Hmm. Well, she's such a teenager about it. Like she's she's such a such teenager. teenager. I mean, she's like really, really got upset when he was like, "No, we're just friends," and she her feelings were hurt. Like, how dare you not like me back? You know. Well, and he put off some serious mixed signals there in the beginning, right? Because mm-hmm. he like almost mm-hmm. kissed her, and he thought she was being offended by his sort of lustful feelings you know like he he would have he would have been happy to to um act on him physically and he f- looked at her emotionally like a friend but i don't think he was not in love with her and mm-hmm. um, uh and she was all in you know mm-hmm. and she but she knew that there was a piece of him that she didn't have or didn't think she had i don't know but yeah so so yeah that was a a very teenagery push pull does she doesn't she does he doesn't he 
but he was definitely giving off some mixed signals there. I think he was confused himself. So, well, yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like he thoroughly was physically attracted to her, right? Like mm-hmm. he expressed, "Hey, she's hot now." <laughs> like, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean he cared about her like that. And he was always thinking, "I will ruin our friendship if we do mm-hmm. that." So I cannot mm-hmm. do that. Well, there was a point where he thought she was mad at him for almost kissing him. Right. Mm-hmm. And what she was mad at was that he didn't always didn't, didn't go, didn't finish the job. Right. So, he didn't go for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he, was, he was confused over what she, I mean, wow. at, at the beginning, he did not get that she wanted him. Mm-hmm. He did not get yeah. that at all. No, someone had to tell him, like yeah. literally, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you She's tell? In love with you. And he's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, teenage boy. You're so silly. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird aspect. I don't know if we're going to get into it more in the later books, but that whole notion that there's one woman in each class, like, what is that? That's, that's, that's weird. And and why? But, but why? I I mean, they, they just mentioned it so that she could be there. Right. And so that the commandant could be there, but there's no other, I don't know. It just feels a little weird in, in there all by itself. You know, that little factoid. Like, see, I didn't, I must have missed that part. I don't know. I don't remember them saying there was only one woman allowed. I feel like it was just that they couldn't make it out of the the uh, beginning trials to get into the school. Like, you know, when they rounded up the children. Yeah, there's okay. one chosen in every class is what it said. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't remember that. I don't know. That's odd. I don't know why. What's... And then it just. I mean, a why would have been nice then. I probably would have remembered it. If I got a why. Right. So I don't know if it's going to come back in some way or not, but it was a little bit of a weird, to me, that was kind of weird. Like, there's no reason why there couldn't have been more women, you know. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, I feel like the whole end game of this whole thing is for Elias to be in charge of everything. And maybe he can make some changes. I feel like that's the end game here. Mm-hmm. Yes. He'll come back and take down his mother and be in charge of everything. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, let's remember his mother is in charge of a school. She's not the right. emperor. No, she <laughs> I mean, is not. But I mean, the emperor <laughs> is dead. And we have a new emperor, which is a whole nother fiasco. Right. Marcus. Right. And, and she, she's controlling. she is control of him. Mm-hmm. Right. He listens how- to her. Do you notice how we're just completely skipping the whole middle of this book? We're talking about <laughs> the beginning and we're talking about the end. And like... I'm okay with that because those are the parts I liked, but <laughs> I don't know if I, in the middle were the trials mostly, right? The trials, mm-hmm. that was, I guess, the main event in the and, middle. And Laya trying to, to figure out what was going fine. on with her brother. Yeah. Which I don't, again, I didn't really care so much for her storyline. I could have done without it. I don't think. Maybe she'll mean more to me in the next book. But I mean, if her, if this was only told from Elias's point of view and she was in the background, I don't think I would have minded it at all. Uh, they didn't need equal time, in my opinion, just because her story just didn't grab me like his grabbed me. But maybe I'll find her more interesting and more, more something mm-hmm. in the next book. Not like I, I didn't dislike her. I just right. wasn't like as invested in her part of the story as I was in his part of the story. So yeah, now I that almost, they're together. 
I almost <laughs> think, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I would hate it if they'd done this way, but I almost think like having the third point of view of Keenan or of Mason or of the woman that was Mason's second in command, I forget her name. Sana, uh, I think. Sana started with an S. Um, I wanted to know more what was going on in the resistance. You know, I, I that scene where Mason kind of confesses that he's been using her all along. He never intended to rescue her, her or her brother. That was a, a great scene like, um, where she just has this. She's like, uh, it's a betrayal. Big, yeah, it's a big turning point for her. Right. Um, and I, I think that the book might have been more interesting if we had seen more of what was going on. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that scene would have been a lot less. A lot yeah. less of a revelation. I don't know, but um, um, I don't know. I, I agree. There was something a little bit lacking with um, with Laya's arc um, as far as pacing goes. Um, but I didn't really love the trials either. They were just so bloody and brutal. And that that last one where he had to kill all his friends, like that. I was just like, well, I was Hunger Games through and through. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so you gotta kill your friends? Oh, yeah. See, I didn't read Hunger Games, and and that was partly why. <laughs> but <laughs> but I kept expecting it to be an illusion, you know, to have the um have the um uh what you call it the augers um reveal something. I don't know, but you only get but, illusions once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but, but then. Then, you know, it, it kind of occurred to me, like, these are all terrible people, right? <laughs> Even though they're his friends, they're all terrible people. They're the masks <laughs> that go around committing atrocities. They are the, so, so that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, though, if you were brainwashed to think what you were doing was a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're all trained to do the same thing. And the people that think different than that are... Okay murdered yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i don't think any of them think they're doing the right thing yeah i think they're doing what they have to do to survive right um because but there are defectors but once once they get out of the school you know the cruelty seems a lot more um willful maybe maybe we just well, don't I'm sure there are more people like marcus who enjoy it and revel yeah and, and and the one that killed her family, although they let her go. So, hmm. Well, I mean, there's you, bad people, period, right? And I feel like mm -hmm. if you're in a situation where you have natural more power than someone else and you're already a nasty person, you're just going to be the worst. Right, there's the whole Stanford yeah. experiment that that uh, uh, backs that up. I I don't know. That's actually been disproven. Really? Oh, wait, yes, because... Hmm. The men in charge were only cis white men who had money. And if you put other people in charge, people of color, people who live in poverty, they're not that cruel. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. That's my two Well, I guess what I was trying to say <laughs> actually is that people with empathy. If you're cruel and not in power, yes. you're even more cruel in power. So I don't yes. think these people yes. were not cruel. And then they got power no. and then they became cruel. I think they already no. had that yeah. in them. And the, and the mask who let her get away, I absolutely thought he was going to come back after her at some point because he looked right at her and said, run little girl. And that like, I'm going to hunt you down, you little mouse. And I'm going to step on you. And, you know, 
I thought that was going to be a bigger thing. And then she brought yeah. him up at the very end. Right. He's dead, but I'm wondering if he's going to be one of the masks hunting them down later. Maybe. Yeah, that's or a good maybe point. he was helping her. Like, you know how Elias presents one way, but well, he thinks true. something else. So he had he had people there. He couldn't be like, oh, you know, run off, little girl. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We won't hurt you. He had to present, like, I'm going to do something to you if you don't get the fuck out of here, right? He had <laughs> just slaughtered two old people. Well, you know what? Maybe he has a line. Some people don't want to hurt kids. <laughs> Maybe he has. He was going to let her brother go away. He was. Yeah, when he walked through the gate, there was nobody else around. He said, "You can go, but leave your sister behind." Oh. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell because that's, we don't know. That's like, not a kindness. No, it's not. But he didn't do anything to the sister, and he could have. He could have mm-hmm. easily, and he didn't. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, that's an. Inter- you know, I hadn't given him too much thought, but um, but he could turn up to be an interesting side character in future books because you remember that was almost one of the very last lines was uh about how his mother was going to work him over or mm-hmm. elias's mother was going to work him over mm-hmm. yeah because she wanted That'd to be kill worse him. than anything you could no. do to him yeah. <laughs> yeah. leave him so yeah. he's not going to have an eye <laughs> at least maybe a couple digits missing. maybe scars maybe, across his face maybe, maybe some branding i mean who knows what she's gonna do to him i mean i don't know she didn't do that to the student well she 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 killed the students mm-hmm. she the whipped them like defectors. yeah she whipped them till they died yeah yes but she did stuff to the students we didn't get like i guess a full disclosure of the things she did to the students but she even threatened them she's like okay look mm-hmm. do you want to take this beat down instead of the slave or what you want to do you know what i'm saying like you know mm-hmm. she obviously hurt the students it yes. came out like a couple times but not exactly what she did to the students mm-hmm. i didn't get the idea that she would actually like damage them so that they wouldn't be able to fight like taking an eye or you know chopping off fingers or something like that i don't, I don't know if that was over the line because they have to be soldiers right I mean, well, they don't have to be. There's more. Elias shirtless and his back was just yeah. Like, whipping is different. So yeah, yeah. I think I feel like whipping is a little different, but at least I mean, when you think about, you know, it says it's it's uh, inspired by Rome. I think you know Europeans have a long history of uh, whipping their military. <laughs> ranks and file right so Mm, um, funny but they did that in hunger games too they had whipping scenes so i feel like there's a lot pulled how when when does this come up when did this book come out 2016 okay hunger games is a lot older than that this has a lot of that Mm -hmm. that kind of bothers me a little bit that is so (laughs) you guys take a listen to this break hear from our sponsors click around check out the you know uh the merch store you know help us out by helping out the sponsors cute mugs yes yeah cute mugs t-shirts all that and uh we'll be back in a minute stay with us today's episode is sponsored in part by audiobooks.com 
Audiobooks.com now has 175,000 titles and 1.2 million podcasts. New customers get three free audiobooks comprised of one premium credit and two VIP titles. Use our promo code SHELFADDICTION, spelled as one word, when you sign up at audiobooks.com. Again, our promo code is SHELFADDICTION. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Yay! guys. We are back. Hey. Let's jump right back on in. Let's, yeah, lots to cover All still. Right. So, yeah, let's do it. No, first, circling back, I want to talk about um, Laya and her character growth because I disagree with both of you. I think it was beautifully executed. I think it was very accurate from where she started to where she ended. And I also kept seeing parallels between her story and Elias's story, like their character growth. And, um, you know, it's very subtle because hers is very internal and she's growing as a person and his, yes, it's also internal, but it's him facing his family and fighting his friends and killing his friends and having to figure out, do I love Helena? She loves me, but if I, do I want to kiss her? She's really beautiful, but what's going on? And, you know, all of the trials, it was very symbolic for me as a reader and I loved all of it. I don't think having Keenan's point of view would have made anything better. I think it would have made it more convoluted and harder to follow. And absolutely looking at the resistance would have been fun, but it would have ruined the surprise for her because Keenan was starting to suspect stuff. And, you know, if we saw those suspicions early on as readers, we would have picked up on it the same way we picked up on Cook. We're like, "Mm, she's not who she says she is. Honestly, it, it probably would have made us not like Keenan because he was so mm-hmm. dumb. Like he had no clue what's going on. And then to actually get a peek into how stupid he is would probably make yeah. him even more. We might have hated him a bit more. And it definitely <laughs> would have been more teenage angsty because he was like, I can't stop thinking about you. And I'm like, oh, boy, you know, just, <laughs> just slow down. She's just a girl. I know you've lost everybody, but. Okay, so, with John. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think if there's like a spinoff series or a series just about the resistance, it would have been good for that. There could be but a prequel. A prequel, yeah. maybe? Even a story about her parents and their life in the resistance. Oh, I would like that. That would I be think. really cool mm-hmm, to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in this book. I think it'd be way too convoluted. And it's yeah. already, you know, almost 500 pages. If they pulled in the resistance storyline, it'd be 600 plus pages. True. And not being funny, but I don't think like, oh, say Keenan is a, a really solid second string character. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a main character ever in life. And he's never going to be the love interest of her. What, There's what no horrible chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are never going to be a main character in life. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> And you are not going to be Laya's love interest. Like, yes, she has some sparks for you, but now that she's going to be spending all her damn time with Elias, you can mark that as a (laughs) no-go. So 
I'm just saying, I got to keep it real with these characters. They have to understand their place. <laughs> he might, he might be perfect for Izzy. Is mm-hmm. it Izzy or Lizzie? Yeah, Izzy. Izzy? Because yeah. she's maybe 15 or 16. Like she's been a slave for a while. She has nobody. She's lost an eye. She has that fire still inside of her. Like as soon as she found out Laya was a spy, she's like, let me help you spy. I want to spy. Get me out of here. Let me do something fun. I may die, but I don't care. Yeah. I think the two of them may pair up and go off on some adventures together. And they might because she sent her own story. She yeah. sent her on her passage. So when she mm-hmm. gets there, mm-hmm. he will be there. He's going to find her. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to find her and it won't be her. Yeah. So no, I think the two of them could go on adventures and be the main mm-hmm. character of their story. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're going to be the main character of this series. Because I get that one scene set it all for me mm-hmm. at that um, when they were out there with the gypsies and they were dancing and doing all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then here comes Elias, but she don't know it's mm-hmm. him at first. But she's like, something about this guy. I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's a wrap. I already, the writing <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yep. The writing's on the wall. Sorry, Tina. You're out. <laughs> It's not about, for me, it wasn't about Keenan so much as it was about the undercurrents and the resistance, I guess. So, mm-hmm. actually, I wouldn't mind for that lady to take like a, a more ro- yeah. uh, serious role uh, because clearly, not that she, I don't, it, to me, it was more about her being the head of her own faction within the resistance mm-hmm. than her being his second. You know, it was mm-hmm. more about mm-hmm. her having people that followed her exclusively and didn't listen to old boy so i'm like she definitely yeah. has the ability to split from them and to either help laya or not <laughs> so she's probably going to show up again with her people i hope so i hope so i know she, um he had her under guard but i hope she comes back um i mean you have if you chief have... yeah go ahead mason not mason the woman we saw her twice she danced with elias oh, oh the one who yeah. the, coin. the coin yeah who do you think she is or do you I'm think i'm not sure she's someone she she is? i think she i don't think she was in disguise i just think maybe she has a, a dog in the fight and we don't know it yet yeah mm-hmm. she's well so there's three societies right there's the empire there's the scholars and there's the tribes people and so she's gonna be the spokesperson for the she, she's gonna help them from the tribes people side yeah. and then mm-hmm. elias has that sort of connection to the tribes um, right because he grew up there pretty much mm-hmm. for the most part yep um which is going to come back again in a big way because he has that favor. She owes him a favor. Mm-hmm. They're going to need it. <laughs> They're going to need it. Oh yeah. And he pretty much knew that he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. get that coin. Let me grab that coin. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things I could pull out of this cell. Yeah. So I can't wait to see them again. I did like the, the, oh, yeah. his backstory. His backstory was interesting. How his, mm-hmm. the commander just like was going to murder her own baby. And then she decided, well, I'm not going to. And then she decided, well, I need to go back. But now they're gone. <laughs> so she was going to go back and take him out, the little infant. But they were gone already. Like, damn, you're cold, lady. Ice cold. I uh, I didn't know what to think about the the fact that basically his, his tribesperson mother 
lied to him, right? She said that he had been exposed and they'd found him, but he'd actually been left in the tent. Um, I thought that was a strange detail and I don't know what to think about it. Mm. Like, why would you even... It's more protective of him because, you know, he was a little kid, five. He was Mm -hmm. six when he was taken. Um, That's easier to say, you know, we found you outside and saved you rather than some woman, your mother, came in and dropped you off on my bed and then walked away and we don't know who she is or where she came from or what she was doing and you know well, they don't necessarily know it was his mother it could have been right it could have anyone. been anybody yeah no it was somebody yeah. came in and dropped you off here that yeah but you was probably the mother because you know he's just days old so he's a little tiny baby and they're just yeah. like i just know i just thought it was a strange detail to include like so we'll see if it, it matters at all <laughs> yeah i don't know i have a feeling like I was just like looking at some of the cover art. I didn't read any of the other synopsis, but just by looking at how Elias is dressed and stuff, I'm like, oh, he is totally going to blend back in with the tribes people at some point. Or yeah, he's just out. He's an outsider. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's never going when he does go back, it's going to be a takedown, but he's like, I don't know. That's his home. He knows the language. He knows how to blend Mm -hmm. in. That's what he's going to be doing. Like, Mm-hmm. And he's going to be trying to have Laya hide in the same way. <laughs> so, for now, yeah, for now, yeah, that'd make a good second book where they kind of hide out with the tribes and and build mm-hmm. some alliances and get the lay of the land, build uh, mm-hmm. build up their forces. Yeah, that's just well, a he's guess. Gonna try and save her brother sooner rather than later. That's he's true. Probably got a few weeks, maybe a couple months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Casey, the timekeeper. How long, how much time passed during the course of this book? Several weeks because they kept jumping ahead and that actually kind of annoyed me. Like I know for the pacing, they had to do that, but it'd be like, oh, in the middle of this paragraph, we jumped another week. Oh, now it's been several days. Oh, we're just, that's just me and my. I'm just thinking about the odds that the brother is still alive. Like, why would he still be alive? Why wouldn't they have just killed him? Because he found the forge and he was designing all those swords and weapons Mm -hmm. that they want. Right. So I think they were just interrogating him for a while until they moved him when they couldn't get anything out of him or they did Mm -hmm. get what they could. But they know about Teluman, right? The the actual forge person, the the blacksmith. Yeah, but they don't think he was actually apprenticing him. And they interviewed the guy. They're like, do you know this kid? And he's like, no, I have no idea who this kid is. So they think that her brother was, you know, sneaking around, either stealing these ideas or coming up with some ideas. And so they think it's all related to the resistance, but it's not. So his whole ambiguity is working for him in his, it's going to keep him alive for a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's awesome. He will roll with that. (laughs) Deal with that and not give that guy up. He didn't give anything up. No. Because he's in an interesting position. I like that. That character is appealing to me Mm -hmm. um, to see where he goes. Like he's, he's only alive because they hope someday he'll make them make, make swords for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's in a very weird situation and it's, it's a little bit hard for me to believe that they just let him be. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to kill no. him now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't get the impression that people say no to the commandant very successfully. Maybe it's just because he's a, a marshal and not a scholar. She's not allowed to brutalize him, but but then she is allowed to do it to all the students. So I yeah i don't think yeah i don't think he is in her ranks he's like outside of her i feel like yeah so he she can't really do anything to him i don't know i feel like if she wanted she could march her masks over there and do whatever she wants that's the the feeling i get but but she wants something from him Mm -hmm. and as long as she wants him to make whatever weapon she wants he, she's not doing shit because she wants the weapon. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't going to hurt Laya as, as long as he was telling her to come, bring the girl back, send the girl back. Because mm-hmm. and, and the commandant said that to her. Oh, you're lucky he likes you or, and I want that weapon or whatever. Because Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find it a little bit weak. Yeah. Given how given how brutal she is about everything else and how brutal the whole society is about everything else. For him to tell her no and then just get to be keep doing what he does is a little dubious to me anyway i do like the character and i didn't think that when i was reading it i'm thinking it now while we're analyzing it but um um i think he'll he'll i think he'll they be did, back. oh definitely but he did say they kept trying to send him apprentices and they kept trying to like nudge him into doing stuff and he just kept saying no and sending them away so I think we'll learn more about his backstory later because yeah, no, there's gotta be a reason why he can say no and nobody mm-hmm. else can say no. That's more than just, she's not in charge of him. Maybe he has something on her or I don't know. It's something he's got some leverage or something. Yeah. Well, the leverage is that he knows how to make these amazing swords. Right. But if he won't do it, then is he actually any good to the empire? Like why did, the, I don't know. It just doesn't to me it doesn't totally fit with the with the um brutality of the regime that that's being described. Well, I guess that's to be determined still. Because I I know we're not Mm -hmm. done with that character too. It's not it's not we're not done. Yeah. Um, So I did like him. Yeah. Um, so with that said, maybe we could talk about the world building a little bit since you pointed out that feels inconsistent to you as far as like how the society works in general. Did you think the world building was consistent and stable or did you find issues with that, you know, in, in, at large, you know, in general, like as far as how the traders and scholars and the merchants and all that government, the societies, all those things were going on. Was that inconsistent for you as well at some times or was that okay? Um. For the most part, I think it was okay. Um, it wasn't particularly complex, so it wasn't hard to not to, to stay consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think anything like called out to me like with blaring red sirens or anything, but 
<clears throat> it's like I think the commandant's power was kind of unclear to me. Like how power how powerful was she? Because it seemed like at one glance, it seems like she is just in charge of Black Cliff, but she has a lot more power than that. It goes beyond that. But it hasn't really been clear how she got that power or why she has it or who, you know, because she's working with the what's his face? The um Nightbringer. The Nightbringer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. She has more power than just Black Cliff, I feel like, even though they're trying to imply that that's her domain. Obviously it is, but it's more than that. I feel like it wasn't very clear, like how, how big of a factor Black Cliff is in the empire. Right. So when you say a word like empire, you think, I think of a place that's kind of geographically vast. Right. And how, but they've only got one school that trains their military um, uh, like 3,000 kids in the school or something. Yeah. So, I mean, strategically, that's a bad idea, right? You can, yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're an enemy of the empire, I mean, I suppose it's very well defended, but still, um, I, that was a question I, I didn't, you know, I couldn't quite put my finger on was like, how big is this empire anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, and they did talk about leaving the empire entirely, you know, um, when they were talking about defecting and just getting all the way away from it. So there's a world outside of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have questions about that, but it didn't particularly strike me as an inconsistency or a problem in the world building. It's just, you know, an aspect that's yet to unfold. Okay. Because like even some of the, um, I guess the the trials, like that very first trial, at first I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, I couldn't really tell what was happening at the beginning of that trial. Like, how did you get out there? Who's, where are you? What's happening? Like, is this fake or real? Like, are you imagining, is this like, what is it? And so um, as far as that, maybe it was like on purpose, kind of co- more complicated than it needed to be at first. And they figured out what the hell was going on and where they needed to go. But I felt like that was kind of like, I couldn't tell what was going on at first. It took me a minute. More mystical than it needed to be. Yeah, I felt like. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have just showed up at his door and, and marched him out to the desert and, and done a little bit less of the sort of dream walking kind yeah. of setup because that, that mm-hmm. wasn't really important or, or maybe it was. Maybe that's how you knew everything wasn't going to be real. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's my problem. Like there's so much like like kind of magic elements like in the background but it's not clear that this world is magical per se but these ogres or ogres were they ogres yeah they seem like mystical and magical kind of like what they're able to do but like in other books it's like well technology explains it right chemicals Mm -hmm. shots whatever they choose to do Mm -hmm. they explain it by a real world you know, reason why we're able to trick you like this or abuse you like this or whatever. But this is kind of like this woo-woo. I have another prediction. Hey. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the augers are the djinn. I think they might be the first scholars who walked up the djinn. Could be. Because Could be. they locked up all the gin in that tree, except for the leader, the Nightbringer, because he got out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's them. They got the power and the knowledge that they wanted to, but they can't die now. And so they do have some mystical powers because they can't die. They can see the future. 
they can read minds. They figured out what they wanted to learn from the mm-hmm. jinn and from the other supernatural creatures. And now they're paying for it because, you know, they can't they're die. immortal. They're struggling. They're, you know, seeing the future and trying to figure out how to make everything work in their favor. Or Yeah. So that's my, my theory. My theory doesn't jive with the notion that they're locked up. So we'd have, there'd have to be some kind of explanation for that. But, um, but yeah, everything you said is, is a, a characteristic of the original gen, right. And the fact that they can't die. And also the thing that, that I'm, they're constrained somehow they're imprisoned in some way. They're locked into this nightmare of the marshals where they have to, um, you know, enact these trials and, and they're not free to, um, you know, break the empire, which you can tell Kane kind of wants to. Um, and th- there's another auger that kind of um, is complicit too, that helps um, Laia at the end. So, mm-hmm. or near the end. So I, I, I don't understand what's going on with them, but they are, there's clearly some kind of um, constraint on them. Um, and they're anyway, um, that's my theory and we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, I do think there's a little bit of magic going on with the gin, um, Tamara. Um, mm-hmm. the, and I, I feel like it's mostly kind of psychological or psychic where they have the mind reading powers and they can kind of, um, yeah, the, the dream walking thing was interesting, but, but it mostly seems to be, um, psychic type stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's going to be more like fantastical or more fantasy as we get like into it? Like, I just, I don't know. I just wish outside of like telling of stories mm-hmm. that it was either magical or not. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind well, of hard. We to... saw the ghouls and there was the, yeah. there was a whole, one of the trials involved a ton of the, the, um, beings that they had thought were mm-hmm. were mythical mm-hmm. and turns out they're not so they learned that you know all those those stories or all those myths that the scholars used to tell are actually true and mm-hmm. if they go off and live with the tribes people they seem to be sort of the keeper of the stories right mm-hmm. so i think we'll learn more about it when they are hanging out with the with the tribes people mm-hmm. yeah yep. probably so as they learn about them, more things are revealed as they learn mm-hmm. about them. I think so. Well, because mm-hmm. I mean, they had the the um, the ghouls at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, is it inconsistent? Maybe there's a lot going on. So have and I feel like they did an okay job of putting all this stuff kind of around the periphery and laying the seeds. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like this is going to be like one of these things where as we get more invested in the world, it's either going to get better or better, you know, better and better, or it's going to be mm-hmm. one of these things where it's like a big sophomore slump and we're going to be like, what the fuck just happened? And then it rebounds. Like, I feel like it's going to be one extreme or the other. It's going to mm-hmm. be like, I just feel like because there's so many breadcrumbs laid, so mm-hmm. many things going on it's either going to make it even better for us or it's going to be like, oh, she couldn't decide what to do or what to carry into the <laughs> second book. 
Well, we can see the second book is going to be, well, probably because it would I would have said after the first couple chapters that the first book was about getting her brother out of jail. Um, it looks like the second book is going to start with getting her brother out of jail. Um, but Assuming we'll see. They make we'll it see. or he doesn't die or something else like the crazy. short term. Yeah. Didn't, didn't yeah. <laughs> uh, Elias rattle off like four things that he promised to do and getting her brother out was only one of them. So I don't remember anymore. Yeah, I think he just promised to, yeah, I don't know, some shit. He, he did promise some stuff. Um, well, she prom- made him promise some of those yeah, things. So yeah. uh, She had mm-hmm. three conditions, and then it turned out to be four, I think. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, which the first was getting them out of there, I think. That was part of it. Okay, y'all, I'm like mm-hmm. looking at the synopsis for the second book randomly, and I have to pick another edition because this looks <laughs> like it's in Russian or something. Okay, Lord, reads. Okay, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> oh, gosh, Dark Force is human and otherworldly. Here we go. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay. We're going to learn more about the monsters. Oh, and apparently we are not done with Helena, Helena either, Helene either, because you know at the end there she let Elias go, let go, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Look, I can't promise. Like, I'm, I let you go this time, but I am bound by this promise I made, and mm-hmm. I two times over. She promised that mm-hmm. she would save him, and then she promised that she will keep him alive. What well, promised to mm-hmm. keep him alive, and then she made this solemn swear to Marcus." Mm-hmm. so she will be yeah. doing his bidding whether she wants to or not and she is a rule follower so she will do it mm-hmm. so i'm curious to see how it's going to be when they come up against each other again because they will it's going to mm-hmm. be a push this pull push between them for the rest of this book series i feel like it's going to keep coming up again and again and again i hope not i hope it's more of like a friendly not friendly banter because they're obviously trying to kill each other but you know not that i love you i don't love you i want to kiss you please kiss me don't kiss me you know i'm i'm over this love triangle that's no i don't think it's gonna be in a love well well maybe on her part she's gonna be like i love you but i'm gonna have to kill you i love you but i'm gonna have to take you into i'm gonna have to detain you (laughs) she's she's gonna follow she yeah she's gonna be the external tension right so yeah so um yeah i could see that, that friends huh? do you think they're gonna try his friends dex and um Harris, i think his name was the two yeah. who saw him right before he left and they turned around and walked away do you think they're gonna come after with helena and try and kill him or do you think they're gonna let him go because they're masks they're like officially graduated they don't have to do mm-hmm whatever i don't know oh they're gonna follow they're gonna go with they do what they're supposed to do but not to say that they won't jump ship maybe they might somewhere along the way decide to switch teams but if uh, originally they will be with the other mask going after him mm. but maybe they'll defect i hope so i hope so too i really really disliked the whole scene where they had he had to the the combat trial i was just I really, that made me sick to my stomach. Oh, Yeah, no, I mean, it was awful, but it made weirdly poetic sense. Like, 
if I was a a monk who's trying to destroy this castle and destroy the empire, who who am I battling? I'm battling these masks guys. And so what's the best way to kill off my oppo- opposition is to have them kill each other, which is really fucked up. Like, don't get me wrong. Let's yeah, get off yeah. But that makes the most sense. And we were really emotional because we saw them as human, mm-hmm. not as the people who's the tormented by the masks, not by the people who are like, these are the villains who go kill grandparents and children and, you know, rape and pillage and do all this shit. Like we saw them as the guy who's in love with his fiance and the friends mm-hmm. who laugh and hang out together as yeah. Elias saw them as, as brothers. So that's why it was more emotional for us. Well, I know there were lots more Marcuses in that group that go around raping the servants and doing all kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. I'm sure there's lots more people like him among the oh, mask, yeah. obviously. So they're not, as we said earlier, they're not good people necessarily. Some are, some aren't. Some mm-hmm. <laughs> some are hiding in plain yeah. sight. Some well, are not. <laughs> I think I think there's the the theme that we're gonna see that we're that I'm seeing in this book is about loyalty, right? And and what you're loyal to and what you are willing to and Marcus or not Marcus but Elias talked about the line that he wouldn't cross and then he crossed it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and um, so, I mean, that's the trail. That's what the trailer emphasized, right? What, what are you willing to do? What, how far would you go? Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of, I guess the theme so far probably will, will resonate through the book. Um, and again, I'm kind of getting back to this question of, well, how big is the empire, right? Because the the masks become part of the military, right? They're part of. They're like the SS. They're they're the mm-hmm. the elite forces. Um, but we don't know very much about the empire's army, right? So, do the masks lead it? Are do they? They do they all swear loyalty to the empire at the end when the new emperor is. Um, crowned or whatever um so we didn't see the rest of that ceremony but it it seems to me like when they graduate they probably normally swear fealty to the emperor right that's what it seems like and it seemed like the only reason they didn't was because they had these trials that came up so they kind of was killed yeah right so they it was taking the emperor over a week to come to the school you know probably more than that they said at one point he's on his way and it's seven days later and then he's dead um that was right before the fourth trial so does that mean he always shows up every school year to have these people swear fealty to him or is this just something that happens on the side he doesn't really interact with it oh no this was because the the augers said that he's about to die and they're going to crown a new emperor so he's on his way there to kill him yeah, off yeah, because yeah. He, <laughs> so i don't yeah no no no. that's what he wants but a, like in a normal school year i don't think he'd show up i don't think i don't yeah, know not necessarily but he doesn't have to be there for the recruits to have to swear loyalty mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be the leaders of your army. I'd want to see them in action. Maybe it's about know. rank. Like I'm not a military person, but it's yeah. definitely ranks, right? Like the president of the United States doesn't go to 
it, you know, graduation. Right. He does not do that. So I feel like that is like the same thing. Like maybe there was a particular reason why he was coming this time. Maybe it was, I don't know. I don't know exactly why, but because you know, they started the trials. Well, that's not her. his reason for coming. <laughs> he had to have his own motivations for, oh, I'm, I heard I'm supposed to die. So let me get on the road and come make my way there to make it easy. No, you know, no, no. I mean, I think that is why he came is because because the he because they're doing these trials to select new emperor so he was on his way to what put stop it into that it or happen oh, yeah okay. he was yeah. not buying into the augers um plan there he wanted he, he was gonna take out whoever the emperor was gonna be or maybe all four candidates see that mm-hmm. seems weird okay, but it took well, him a while to get there yeah true yeah I don't know. Maybe so, that's I guess maybe this is just a YA thing, but I feel like there's a big gap between 18 year olds and the emperor. You know, like I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> what happens in between? <laughs> like, they're I mean, really clearly gonna... you can be an 18 year old emperor because like, we got one. That's weird too. Although it's not unusual for, I guess, historical times, right? Because people only live to be. 30. That's what they do every time an emperor dies. Then the question is, how long has the current emperor been emperor? He can be twenty eight, or he can, no. It yeah, was that's grandfather. It's a linear. It's it's a linear succession. So the emperor's line has been uh, in power for something like five hundred years. I think they said, mm-hmm. but not. But he's mortal. He's not living forever. It's just. It's a. Um, this is the great, 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 great grandfather. Okay, so, okay, it's, so, it's a hereditary yeah. line. So the but augers he doesn't are like, have an heir. Right. So the augers are like, well, the, we're going to have to. This one is going with all of his. I mean, I don't know if he had a son, but the implication was that um, his whole family was going to be wiped out at the same time he was. And then hmm. and they all made it happen. So. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I feel like. I had the story straight in my head. And as you guys are talking, it's getting more murky. It's not getting clearer. It's getting murkier. And that's not good. (laughs) I'm like, well, I thought it was this, but you guys are saying something different. So now I'm not sure what's what. Maybe it doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things. It's going to come out Well, every reader takes away something a little different from a book. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think they'll flesh it out a lot more in the second book because this was all very rushed. You know, they just mentioned the emperor in, ca- in passing until he's like, oh, yeah, he's on his way. Oh, no, now he's dead. And we don't know anything about him. And by the way, the commandant made it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The letter and the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just very rushed there. Mm-hmm. But I think that'll get fleshed out more in the future books. Oh, I hope so. Because if they all go at this pace, then it's going to be more things that, unless, unless you're just reading the book and just taking it at face value and you're not really digging into the weeds, it might not be, you know, but once you start digging in the weeds, stuff is like, well, (laughs) maybe, I guess, did they say that? Maybe, I don't know. Let me go back and look. I feel like that whole thing is a thing. So, oh yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a faction that is going to be loyal to the old emperor, or if there's going to be someone from his retinue that that feels like they should be the successor that they're going to end up having to fight, or if it's just going to be Marcus and Marcus is going to be the ultimate bad guy, which seems That's more going like. to be interesting because I never got that vibe that there will be any more competition for Marcus after he took the crown. Yeah, so this is going to be Marcus and Helene. Mm-hmm. And um, and the emperor, the empire's forces, right? And then there's going to be the tribes people. There's going to be the resistance for the scholars. There's going to be the commandant, who's kind of a wild card. She she kind of controls Marcus, but he uh, he occasionally goes a little rogue on her. Um, so, and I think he will go rogue, especially. Mm-hmm. And I don't know to what extent. But the, the fact that he had to kill his twin brother and the fact that Elias didn't have to kill Helene. Oh, he's pissed. He's like, they said mm-hmm. I had to kill. You know what I'm saying? This is what they mm-hmm. said. And you didn't have to. So I feel like, I mean, obviously that was his twin brother. So he's, it's going to affect him for a long time. And it may make him even more brutal than he already oh, absolutely. is. Oh, absolutely. And he's going to have to go down. Yeah. He, and he's, he's not, not going to get necessi- a... a- He's not going to get a redemption arc. He's no, he's, he's not, and he shouldn't get one. But he's mm-hmm. also, I don't think, just going to be the puppet because he was lied to. He's like, he didn't mm-hmm. have to kill her. I, why did I? You know, he's going to feel bitter. So I don't think he's going to be the perfect follower like they're going to think he's well, going to be. If you remember Cook's story, right? The Nightbringer wants to destroy all of humanity, right? He's not. He's not happy with the scholars just being. Um, enslaved and crushed he wants them all dead and I don't think that he's he's going to stop with the scholars I think he wants all of humanity wiped out Um, which means the commandant doesn't know the end game and um, so they're going to have to figure out how to bring down the nightbringer right so that's probably Mm -hmm. the fourth book right so the second book is going to be get us out of prison and build some alliances. The third book is going to be um, conquer the empire. And then the fourth book is going to be bring down the night. Bringer. The bright bringer. That's yeah, my prediction. That makes sense. Yeah. He's going to have, they're going to have to take him out because he does want everyone dead. So mm-hmm. that is so the they'll final have to find showdown. a way to free the gin and then mm-hmm. they'll have to help them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All with the back set backdrop of falling in love. Oh, because you know YA, you have to. How far would you go? What line would you cross? Well, there are going to be lots of dangerous situations and life-altering situations, obviously, cut to come. So, <laughs> and lots of teenage angst because they're still teenagers. Of course, acting like a of functioning and acting like it, you know. Thinking, having to think like adults as they as they, they do in YA, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> take these young brains and make them act like full on adults and do adult <laughs> things. <laughs> Typical YA. But I liked it. I Overall, I, I thought it was entertaining. I'm glad we got to break mm-hmm. it down and even break digging into the weeds. It didn't change my opinion on it. I still mm-hmm. enjoyed it, which was good. I, I'm relieved that I didn't start disliking it. Oh, good. Because that, that, that could happen. It didn't this time, thankfully. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right. I guess it's probably time for us to rate this thing. You guys ready to rate okay. it? I am. Okay. How about you go first, Casey? 
I gave it a five star. All right. Yeah. I love the story. I binged it. I was hooked. I love uh, Laya's story. I love Elias's story. I think the pacing was perfect for their character growth. I would have fleshed out the world building just a little bit, but I think for a book one that has more books coming, it was fine. I love this book. I can't wait to read the next one. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy for you because <laughs> it. I, I mean, know. I'm glad you I'm loved strict. it. I'm so happy. All right. How about you, Nicola? Um, I'm going to just be totally honest. It's about a three for me. Maybe three and a half. Um, I really like the ending, so I'm optimistic for the future books. I liked it when I feel like things started really happening there, and I loved seeing Laya's agency start to um, start to come out. Um, so I loved her plan. I thought that was amazing that she had thought of all those things, and it all kind of came together in a short amount of time after she discovered that she couldn't depend on the resistance to help her, but she's just going to make things happen with her allies that she built and she trusts. So mm-hmm. I really liked the ending. Um, there was a lot I didn't like or a lot that I kind of waited through. And and some of that's just because it's YA and it's not my, my, my favorite thing, but um, I'm just going to give it my honest rating. And I, when I ended it, I didn't like, want to jump immediately into the next book, which to me is sort of the difference between a three and a four, I think. Okay. Well, I definitely think it's going to be interesting for you as we go forward, because I do Mm. not think that the violence will be toned down at all. (laughs) I don't think it will. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's a problem and I don't know why it was a problem with this book. Cause I've, I've read other books that were worse. You know, there's a lot of paranormal that's just really bloody and gory. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's because they're kids that bothered me. Maybe it was just because it seems so fucking senseless, pardon my language, but just that the the augers set it up this way and it didn't have to be that way. I mean, they weren't enemies. They were, I, I don't know. I just found it very um, gratuitous. Yeah. They're puppeteers anyway. You know, they're trying mm-hmm. to r- pull these strings to get the results they think they end? see. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. big question. What are these augers doing and why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I will rate this a four. I feel like it's a strong four. Uh, Like I said, I thought the pacing was pretty good overall. Overall, I liked uh, both Laya and Elias. You know, I liked Elias' story a little bit more. (laughs) But now (laughs) that they're combined together officially, I feel I'm curious to see if they'll still continue with like a back and forth point of view for these characters, maybe, but they're together. So I don't know. Um, Probably she'll continue, but (laughs) I didn't have any, I didn't have any big blaring problems with it. I enjoyed it for what it was worth. It gave me like some throwback feels as far as like YA dystopia type reading with some Mm -hmm. fantasy in there. So i liked all of that. I don't have any big complaints. It's definitely, it was not perfect for me. So I could not get a five, but it was strong, in my opinion. I look right. forward to the next one. Yay! I picked a good yeah. series. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. Let's keep up the... I mean, honestly, and this is another one of those series that has, like, a really devoted following. Like, people mm. loved this thing. Yeah. So, the fans are the fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're making trailers. They're putting, you know 
gifts together. They're making oh, yeah. artwork. Fan They're art. doing all the things. I don't know. Maybe that was part of the trouble I had. I, I, I felt like there was a lot of, I had high expectations and I don't know that it, it really panned out for me. But uh, yeah. I, when we were talking about, when we announced it, I had, I couldn't find it again, but there was some article that named it like one of the top 10 top, it made some top wow. best best fantasy all time why like an all-time fantasy list and i was like wow okay hmm. and i didn't i didn't really see that when i read it but i don't maybe, know i always take these lists later. i always take these lists with a grain of salt right because it's whoever's reading the book it's their opinion yeah, yeah. um oh yeah so great of salt, but that way about the grisha series so you know yeah. a lot of yeah. people call that like the number one best ya fantasy series of all time and i'm like nope no, not, not quite not quite but i think one of the things that i really really loved is that we got to read a woman of color writer mm-hmm. in this genre mm-hmm. yes. um, i loved that and i think i was i guess having these expectations of something different because it was a woman of color writer and i think i did get something different and i i liked mm-hmm. it so Yep. Applaud. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Women of color. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. I think we're done. What do you think? Are we done? I think we're done. Seems like a wrap. Okay. Awesome. So check back with us next month. You guys might want to join Shelf Addiction Official so you can talk about it live with us in a book club meeting. Um, And next month we'll be reading A Torch Against the Night, which is book two. Yes. So get excited. Join us in the group. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next conversation. If you're new to the podcast, subscribe because you want to keep hearing what we have to say on these uh, books. And uh, that's it. And until next time, take care of yourselves. Bye, guys. Happy reading. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to show your support, there are a few things you can do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive five-star review or like this episode on your favorite podcast player. It seems so simple, but it really helps me out. You can share this podcast with other book nerd friends or on your favorite social media space. You can also join the Shelf Addiction Patreon family. For as little as $2 a month, you will help us produce even more awesome content for your ears. You can also consider joining the Shelf Addiction official Facebook group where we talk all things bookish and more in a safe space. The Shelf Addiction podcast is a part of the Nerdy Maven Network. You can also reach us via email at info at shelfaddiction.com. Thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.